So here we are, the last episode of season three of Team Up. Welcome to Team Up, a podcast where we talk about team-based primary care in British Columbia. I'm Sarah, a medical anthropologist and team member in the Innovation Support Unit in the Department of Family Practice at the University of British Columbia. And I'm Morgan, a family doctor and also a team member in the Innovation Support Unit. Sarah, we're coming to the end of this idea of distributed teams and really want to thank people for following us this season. Hopefully some of the topics we covered were really helpful for those of you who are embarking on team-based practice in primary care, and particularly with distributed teams. And really want to thank everybody who helped us, gave us some feedback, were contributors and guests, and also people who promoted particularly this last episode, which was, I think, our most popular download on day one ever. Our conversation with the team-based care coaches in BC was so great. So many really interesting takeaways from that and just really encourage people to take a listen if you haven't gone back and listened to that one and also check out the rest of this season three. We've got some great materials in the show notes for each episode as well for this season. So take mm -hmm. a look through those while you're perusing the catalog. We started with distributed teams and what kinds of distributed teams there were. And hopefully that gives that bit of a, a starting point to think about. Yeah, am I in a distributed team? Well, oh, kind of. There's a primary care network that I'm a part of. So I guess, yes, technically I am. What does that look like? What could it look like? And there were maybe it's like, yeah, actually we are distributed because a bunch of us do outreach. Or we are distributed over time because I share practice with somebody else. So we're doing different things on Monday to Wednesday versus Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Hopefully that helps people think about distributed teams in a different way. And I think once you're thinking about the fact that your team includes those people who you want to kind of work together with about working together on, really communicating becomes so important. And so we, we really talked about how to better communicate in distributed teams this season as well. And then some specific examples, like how to do huddles distributed, how to do case conferencing distributed, and why that's really valuable as a way of building both the co-planning and the relationships. And then the handovers in a team is super important. And thinking about how to do that when you're not working closely together. And then, of course, working together on working together, that's team mapping for us. And it's a great way to, to engage across the team when you don't necessarily know everybody as well as you could. And really creating any opportunities like that to build relationships across the team. And I think yeah. the other piece that we really focused on this season was the idea of role clarity and how important getting to those spaces of role clarity are if you're really going to be a high-functioning team. We've actually realized for our next season, we're really thinking about this idea of really diving in into roles as well. The other thing that we mm -hmm. talked about this season is, is pulse checks. You know, how to see how the team is feeling and working so that you can identify problems early so you can adapt, so you can change on the fly. So one of the things with the pulse checks that's interesting for us in our group is that we looked at that as part of the podcast and we started to dig in and do the episode. I don't know about you, Sarah, but I've noticed in some of the meetings that I have, pulse checks are happening now just as, as a poll in the meeting or a, as a check-in in the meeting. What worked well? What's not working well? How are you feeling? Every sort of project is getting its own pulse check that they're asking about, which I think is really interesting. Yeah, and it's also been super easy to incorporate into what we were already doing, right? It wasn't a big effort mm -hmm. to ask those small questions. And then, of course, the most recent episode on the coaching supports that are available specifically in BC and some of the great, I think, reflections from those who are working really closely on the ground with the transformation that's happening across the province. So some of the themes that came out in this season, I think, were really 
really interesting and wanted to spend a little bit of time thinking about those. Distributed teams are really common. They're increasingly common all over, and especially since the pandemic. Mm -hmm. There's a number of things that jumped out that we think are really important to remember. Yeah, and we tried to thread these sort of through the season. Why we focused on different pieces of what we talked about was really to try to overcome some of the challenges. First one for me is presenteeism bias, that natural, very human instinct that if somebody is in the hallway with you, you're more likely to work more closely with them than somebody who's not. And even though you might be collaborating more or with more patients, just because of the distance, it's out of sight, out of mind. And I think that's a real bias that we need to think about and overcome, particularly in a hybrid environment where there's people at a distance and some people not. Or you're trying to change how you work and you're not used to having a nurse on the team and the nurse isn't in the same hallway. It's hard when, when the nurse is working in, in an exam room beside you. It's really hard when you've not met that person before hmm. and you're still you're sharing care. So that's the first one, I think, was that presenteeism bias. Well, and the next one that really jumps to mind for me, and I'm always thinking about relationships, right? And trying to be a team when you're not often together, trying to create those opportunities to to get to know people a little bit outside of, of work, to build you know, friendships, to kind of create some sort of ties so that you can actually become a team. You, you really only are a team once you start to know people and a little bit of that sort of caring comes into the, the work is so important, especially when you're working in a, in a caring profession, to actually know the, the strengths, have a sense of what's going on in people's lives, to really be able to be there to support, to step forward and back as a team might be going through different kinds of changes. That, that's such an important piece to it. There's that relationship building across the team is part of the trust that's needed. The third theme for me is just being aware of the different equity challenges to ensure that all team members are able to participate and are welcomed. And so it's another form of access, isn't it? Mm. But it's access within the team to the rest of the team. I think that's the third theme that came out for me. As you work in distributed teams, thinking about these is so important. And it keeps linking back for me to this idea of adaptive capacity, of system resilience, which we focused on in the last season. We've been doing a lot of work recently on this and really recognizing kind of these four key pillars of what you need to build adaptive capacity also I think fits into this what you need to build distributed teams, thinking about how mm -hmm. do you share knowledge, how are you communicating, how are you organizing the resources that you have? And then how are you really building trust? And I think those four kind of pillars really link back well, actually, into the key themes that have come out for us over the season. And I just thought of this. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, the little capacity that we each have right now, it is so easy not to do this kind of work. And yet, when you do, it pays dividends. And when you don't do it, you lose that adaptive capacity, that support across the team, the the better sharing both of the work itself, but also the burden. If you do those things, you you sustain everyone in the team better. I'm a total extrovert and <laughs> working in a team, even a distributed one like ours, like I, I need to feel connected. I actually, I, you know, I don't get Zoom fatigue. I love seeing a screen full of little faces talking at me. And, and you know, that that's where I draw energy. And Sarah, as, as the introvert, of the pair of us, you know, I do need to be connected too. Part of it for me is also knowing the people around me. Uh, I do like to have my quiet time, of course, but if I know people, then I start to trust in the work that we're doing. And also I trust in our collective purpose. 
which I think is really important. It all comes back to, to trust and relationships, I think. It does. One of your four pillars of capacity. I want to take a moment as we wrap up this season to really speak to people who are in distributed teams in the hub-and-spoke kind of model, the networks, the community-organized clinics that are supporting multiple primary care offices. They're definitely in British Columbia, there's more of those mm -hmm. and potentially more coming online. What I think is important here is to really think about what team means. It's very easy to think about a hub team as the team of people working in the hub clinic that are providing service to primary care providers and their patients. But is it that, or is it that the hub is a place where team members who are working within primary care teams with primary care providers mm -hmm. happen to co-locate? Each of those end up with a very different kind of culture. Yeah. And if I can be bold, Sarah, to state my preference, I try not to be that fax referral service, but try to be part of a distributed primary care team where you're working with the primary care provider, the family doctor, the nurse practitioner, the office staff, those people who are at that clinic, and really take that as the team model, as opposed to, I'm working in this other organization and I'm just providing service. Yeah, it's such a difference if you're providing service to rather than working with. And again, yeah. and I keep coming back to relationships, but there's real value, I think, particularly right now, particularly when we think about where people are at, where primary care is at, how stretched uh, so many people are feeling. Those relationships, those uh, opportunities to build adaptive capacity are really important right now. So really having that cohesive feeling of working with a team can actually add a lot in that space. And and that means you might have to, you know, restructure a hub that's been slowly built over time. I think the way that these have been built have been, you know, oh, we got funding for one more role. There's one more opportunity coming in. It's great. We have X number of additional counseling hours now. But as these pieces slowly get added on, you know, if that time isn't taken to build that infrastructure, those processes, those opportunities to connect, it can be a real missed opportunity. It doesn't mean that you're not going to work with the other providers in the hub. There's probably two, two types of teams there. There's that hub that's coordinating, and then there's the primary care team, and you need to be part of both. And you need to make that time to connect, as you said, with the, the family doctors, the nurse practitioners, the MOAs, and that will then build that reward back into the process for, for everyone. And I think Aaron, Aaron said it really well in the last episode with in our conversation with the team coaches, that fact that, you know, it takes time, but we promise that the, the outcomes of that invested time are going to be significant and are really going to change the way that, that you're working. You know, we'd really like to, to thank all of our guests who were able to come in and work with us this season. And we also want to thank all the other people who gave their time to this podcast. This season, we also pulled from the Team Up webinar series that has happened over the past couple of years. Thank you also to everyone who's participated in, in that series. The questions that came out of the webinar series really inform where our podcast goes. And we work closely mm -hmm. with our colleagues at the BC Patient Safety Quality Council on this as well. So thanks to everyone there. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously in our last episode, Aaron and the other team-based care coaches from Doxa BC and GPSC, it was great that they were able to join us and really had a lot of fun doing that. So what are we thinking about for and, next season? Yeah, I was just going to say, I think as we, as we sort of wrap up this episode and th this season, where are we going to go? We want to go to places that are most interesting for people who are listening. What we are hearing is that the team members... And the roles that team members play is probably the next place to look at. Mm -hmm. So we're really thinking that our theme is, is going to be team members. 
What are the scopes of practice for different kinds of clinical team members? And we think it's going to be really helpful to hear about what different team members can do in primary care, including patients, MOAs, family doctors, nurse practitioners, pharmacists, social workers, and, and all the other amazing kind of roles that we can now pull into these primary care teams. So stay tuned for, for that season. And if you have any particular suggestions, specific questions, challenges, or ideas that you want us to, to highlight, let us know, because we will pull these in to the planning of, of the season. And I think that's always important. We're here to help. We're doing this because we enjoy it, but also because we're trying to help people who are moving into team-based practices. And you know, if you're part of a team that you think has some really unique roles, um, or if you've always wanted to be podcast famous, please uh, please reach out. We're, we're always interested in speaking to new people. And if you're a patient, part of a team that you think is working really well, please also reach out and share your experiences with us. Absolutely. The call to action for, for this episode, the Team Up webinars are continuing. The schedule is on our website, teambasedcarebc.ca, and we really encourage you to take a listen there. The next uh, webinar that's come upcoming is really focused on social work as a role and the experience of coordinating social work in one, one particular region of the province. And so you mentioned the website. That's expanding. So the council is working on revamping the Team Based Care BC website to make it more useful. And another really uh, interesting thing to mention is that as part of our work with BC's Team-Based Care Advisory Committee, we're setting up a group to start coordinating and planning for specific team-based care learning needs. So you can now send in kind of any questions or learning needs around team-based care to teambasedcarebc.ca. And Sarah, we also get to review some of those to think about it for the podcast as well. We'll really try to find the different ways that are the best to support the questions, the learning needs that people have, be it webinar resources on a website, coaching materials, podcast episodes, to try to support people in whichever media might work best. Our call to action, as we sort of wrap this season up, we're going to take the next month or so to think about season four and start prepping and pulling together interviews and such. So we'll be kicking off season four in the new year. We don't have a date yet, but we'll be coming up soon to that. Thanks for listening. 